0: been raised when I needed a Savior to save me. Jesus who made a way. Recorded by the Way in Brea, lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at the Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Ways production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. My nickname here at the church is the Weeping Prophet. And I could, I could use tissue already, and I haven't even started. Um, but I'm very grateful for what my pastor said. Uh, and, and truth be told, I do it for, uh, for the Lord first. I do it for the kingdom. Then I do it for this church. Um, I love every part of it. I love that order. Um, and it's, it has been an absolute uh, blessing and a pleasure. Um, as he was speaking about some of the things that were going on this week here in church, as the image of text to give goes up, one of my pupils from FPU texts me their receipt of their giving. Amen. And it's completely different than what they used to. Amen. It's a completely different amount because they realize, man, this is important. If I can have God be my savior... If I could have the Lord be the king of all that I own, why wouldn't wouldn't he be the king of my finances? You know, many of us trust God as Lord and serve him that way. Many of us trust God as our savior and serve him that way. But when it comes down to our personal lives, we trust him a little bit differently and that's a challenge. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited about the series, uh, The Archetype. Uh, week one, we enjoyed the archetype of caregiver, um, the archetype of the caregiving, um, and that was a, a, a special message, and I enjoyed last week's message about the rebel and the archetype as the rebel. And this morning, there's no coincidence in this universe or in this world. All things are created by him and controlled by him. So when Miss Peaches says, listen, if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. When one of our songs, the first verse says, you stood before all creation. That, that is not a coincidence. These people don't know what I'm preaching about. And this morning, I get the privilege of sharing with you the archetype of creation. Can somebody say amen? amen? I'll start off with a quick story. There's a science, scientist and God, and the scientist challenges God to a contest. He says, Listen, I challenge you that I can make a better human than you can. And God tells him, All right, you're on. At which time the scientist says, Great. He bends over to pick up some dust to make his human being, and then God says, No, 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 no. You gotta make your own dust. You see, many of us in this world think that technology is great. I had a ridiculous, tough morning. The iPad goes down. The computer goes down. Technology of man fails. But the creator of all things never does. Thank you, Lord. And God tells the scientist, no, 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 no. you got to make your own dust. Because there's truly only one person that can make anything out of nothing. That's right. So I just wanted to start off with that. It's also not hard to picture Jesus as we've seen him in countless Bible studies, in countless stories regarding Easter. You look at motion picture films, you look at, uh, at the, the picture as they show Jesus healing people from diseases and disabilities, teaching enormous crowds, and eventually dying on a cross. On a cross. That was made out of a tree that he created. And we fix our eyes upon Jesus and what he's able to do. But this morning, we're going to talk about what preceded all this. How did this occur? Have you thought recently how all of creation bears witness to Jesus? Have you thought about it? Do you drive around just aimlessly down Lambert? And, or do you look at things? Do you hear things? And do you say, man, that's crazy. The more we focus on Jesus, the more there is to see. And the more we realize we'll never see it all. That, of course, is also true about all creation. Amen. No one really knows exactly how many numbers of proteins exist in this universe. Scientists have come up to about 1.6 billion different types of proteins in creation. And mind you, it takes 1,505 amino acids to create one protein. Are you following me? That 1,505 have to be in perfect order of amino acids to create the protein. I'm going to give you an example of collagen. And I want you to picture something. And if you would, truly visualize this. I want you to picture a slot machine. Don't act like you guys have never been to Vegas. Come on now. I want you to picture a slot machine that's 100 feet wide. Are you with me? Yes. There's a handle on one end. And the slot machine that's 100 feet wide has to have 1,505 spinners on it. Okay? And you have the opportunity to pull the handle. And your goal to make one protein is to get 1,505 spinners all line up together. You know what the probability of that is? Scientists say it's 102,648 to the 10th power. <laughs> Nearly impossible. We drive around in this world, we act like th- that, that, that creation is not this majesty. Ms. Peaches said that the, cro- the rocks would cry out. The chances of us creating this type of sequence is zero. But look around you. We're all made up of these molecules and atoms. And don't get me wrong. God has given us ability to create things. I mean, look at what Elon Musk is doing. Look at uh, some of the greatest inventions. There's a story about Isaac Newton who created this perfect example of, of what was known back then of the solar system. With the sun, the orbits, the belts, the gears, and everything moving in perfect timing. This is Isaac Newton. He's got an atheist friend that walks in, and he says, man, that's amazing. He says, yeah, it is. And his atheist friend says, man, who built that? He's like, nobody. He's like, what do you mean nobody? Nobody built it. How is it working? Nobody built it. See, Isaac Newton made a point to his atheist friend right then and there, that everything cannot come from nothing. Not in this world, not by our hands. That's right. yeah. And as we look at the archetype of creation, I wanted to lay that foundation so you could even value yourself as this amazing creation yeah. that God has supernaturally, I mean, created all these organs and atoms and veins and your, your I mean, everything that works simultaneously perfect the sun's at the perfect distance it doesn't burn us up when you think about that in a vast picture it should make you praise him and the bible says if you don't his creation will that's what miss peaches was talking about when she said the rocks will cry out to him so there's no coincidence. She didn't know I was preaching this. The song order didn't know I was, had this opportunity. In Genesis, God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. First and foremost, it's a plural declaration. You have to understand that the Holy Trinity had already existed before creation came. You had God the Father, you had God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Genesis, it said the Holy Spirit was already hovering over the waters. Jesus had a key role in creation. And he goes on by saying, let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds, over the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over creeping things that creep on the earth. Jesus had a key role in creation. He was the archetype of creation. John 1, 1 through 3 says it this way, In the beginning, did you miss that? Okay, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus was with God in the beginning, He was God, and He was the Word. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Man. Our pastor comes up and tells us about tithing and giving and how that needs to be a vital priority in our lives. If you don't believe that God has made everything and that he controls everything, then it's obvious why you don't believe he can help you with your finances, it goes both ways. He can't be your Lord of salvation and your savior of your marriage, but not Lord over your finances. You can't look at him as Lord of all creation. That's blasphemy. Hebrews 1: 1, 1, it says, "In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, at many times in various ways. But in these last days, say last days. Last days. He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe. God has given Jesus the authority over all things, Jesus was there in the beginning. When God asks a person to believe the Bible's message about creation, God's not asking you to put your common sense on the coat rack. Jesus, the archetype of creation, the creator loves for his creation to discover more about itself. For all of creation is a testimony to his glory and power. The reason he's made things so amazing is so you can say, Dang, you did that! Millions of years ago, and you were talking to my husband about being more gracious? It's the same Jesus. You've got to live that way. What this does is it creates this faith in you that regardless of what's going around you, he can question his sister's salvation. He can question her move. Steve can question his his sister's, you know, uh, direction. And Steve can question his own situations and all the things that are going around him. But the God of all creation not only has saved her, is transforming her. And Steve has no idea because it's the same God of all creation. And when you understand that, you begin to live a life of, of true faith. The Bible says Jesus was right at the heart of all creative power. In fact, the Bible claims he was the agent of creation, the archetype of creation. When God created all things, he was the archetype of all creation with him. Mm. Point number one, Jesus had the key role in all creation. Number two, I don't know about you, but I haven't been to a lot of spectacular places like Greece or anything like that. I was born in Egypt. Uh, I remember a lot of the amazing scenery and the topography and the land, but nothing spoke to me more recently, one maybe because of my age and uh, my maturity. But as a family, we went to Yosemite and I was taken back. This is just a a small portion of, of creation, and I could not believe my own eyes at times. And I looked at the glory of God and all that he was, all that he is, and all that he's capable to do. Which reminded me, Many years ago, we, Sarah and I, had really struggled. We we were dealing with a pretty traumatic injury and recovery, and everything was, we just lacked a lot of things. We lacked a lot of things. And it's only by now, and it's one of the reasons they say hindsight is twenty twenty. because as you look back, you see God's hand over everything. Um, we truly, truly have been given a a different perspective of who God is in our lives and in our marriage and in our church and in our children's lives as well. I've seen this church do amazing things. We had a spectacular year, but I don't remember January starting off like this. I don't remember salvations and baptisms being scheduled in January. I don't remember a van even being in our conversation because we have so many other things to do. But I realize the same Jesus that created all this for his glory and his power is the same one that did it so he can remind me, Raymond, I have authority over all. That includes your marriage, Raymond. That includes your injury. That includes your situation financially. I have authority over it. Man, when you live that way, yes. nothing can, can trouble you. I mean, I was troubled because my laptop went down, my computer went down. I'm using, you know, Pastor Vaughn's tablet. I'm, I'm wearing clothes that he's given me. I mean, I, I try to be like my disciple, like nobody's business. But that was not my intention. But when you live in a world and, and you're in your own little bubble, when it's about you or your family, like he mentioned we got to get to a point where we do things, we do more for others than God says, man, now your heart's in the right place. Let me help you. It does two things. It creates a spirit of faith in you, but it also creates a spirit of selflessness in you. Because truth be told, we live in a, 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 a sow and reaping world, but we also live in a world where we decide to please ourselves before pleasing the Lord. I've been reading a book with a, a dear friend And it uh, talks about uh, uh, addiction and how in the past hundred years they have titled addiction as disease. And the author says, no, no, no. Addiction is a sin nature, period, point blank. And it starts at your heart because you believe that it's more important to please yourself than it is to please God. And sometimes we look at creation the same way. I'm going to do what I can And we miss that. When all of creation points to Jesus, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, says, "...for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him." He is before all things. It's referring all this to Jesus. "...and in him all things hold together." All things were created by him and for him. He is the archetype of creation. Everything. Your emotions. Your situation. Your feelings. The atmosphere. The environment. The molecules. The atoms. Magnetism. I mean, the list goes on. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own by his own and did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You have to believe that not only can Jesus save you and give you a desire to get baptized, not only can Jesus forgive your sins. I mean, the Pharisees marveled at what he was able to do. And that was nothing. Can you imagine a group of enemies coming to take you for crucifixion and the very human being that created you is about to nail you to the cross. They come to him in the Garden of Gethsemane after hours of prayer and one of Jesus's boys cuts the ears off of one of the Roman soldiers and you know what Jesus does? Picks up his ear and heals them. That is power over all creation. He's the same one that makes the blind see, yeah. the lame walk, and the dumb to speak. Woo. How can he not move in your life? Yeah, right. It's remarkable to me that we 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 don't have 2020. We we, we have this man, it is this <sighs> we have this created sense of who God is. And you can't put Jesus in a box. You just can't. John continues, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. You have to, you have to question, why, why did Jesus create all these things? Did he need another r- river? Did he need another half dome in Yosemite? Does he need another waterfall? Does he need another volcano? Well, why did he create all these things? The archetype of creation didn't need any of those. Not an extra million of stars. The purpose of his creation was to point to himself all the time. And it's exactly how he wants you to live. Look to him through everything. That includes what you see visibly. He knows that we don't have the faith So what does he do? He gives you something visible to see that you understand that no man could have ever created this to remind you that he has power and authority over all creation. Somebody say amen. Amen. When you get lost in the wonder of all his creation, remember, everything points to Christ. And this is his desire because then you begin to worship him. When you yourself point to Christ in everything you see visibly and supernaturally, you've begun to worship him in all things. So we're going to do something a little different this morning. I want you all to stand up and we're going to read Psalms 8. We're going to read it out loud together. Because the author wants all of us to be reminded of all creation, its majesty, its glory, its purpose, and its author. Psalms 8. Say amen when you're there. It's on the screen if you don't have a Bible or a tablet. But let's start. Verse 1. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have ordained strength because of enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, louder. Amen, amen, amen. That needs to be a reminder in your life that Jesus has authority over all things. All things, in the heavens and here on earth. The purpose of all creation is to point to Jesus all the time. All of it was created for his glory. It's a testimony to his power and the wonder and the incredible beauty of our Savior. God's got you. I know this might sound a little awkward, but trust me, there's nothing you're going through that God hasn't noticed or seen. And because he's outside of time, nothing surprises him. He's not going to say, ooh, I didn't know that was going to (laughs) happen. God is over all things, in all things, and through him all things were made. Point number three, the archetype of creation. Not only does Jesus have the key role in all creation, point number one, not only does all creation point to Jesus, point number two, point number three, his life was proof Of the power that he had over all creation. I just gave you an example of him picking somebody's ear off of the ground and healing it instantly. Mm. Jesus' life was proof of his power over creation. You remember the story about Cain and Abel? In Genesis chapter 4, they bring their offering to the Lord. In verse 10 of Genesis chapter 4, the Lord asks Cain, Hey, where's your brother? And the proverbial popular response, Hey, am I my brother's keeper? But that was Cain's response to God. Am I my brother's keeper? You know, the power that he had over creation told him his secret. In verse 10, it says, what have you done to your brother? The ground cries out his name. Your brother's blood cries from the rocks on the ground. Luke 19, 14 says, I tell you this, if you shall hold silence and keep your peace, the stones would cry out for me. Jesus' life was proof over power of all creation. The disciples have must have been stunned repeatedly as they walked with Jesus. As he healed the sick, he gave sight to the blind. He made the lame dance for joy. He exercised power constantly over nature. Why? Because it was him that created it. He had authority. The only thing that can control creation is the creator. Are you following me? But listen, nothing blew the disciples away. They, they saw these healings. They saw these amazing miracles. But nothing blew these disciples away when Jesus showed proof that he had power over creation. He literally had power over creation. The most famous incident came when Jesus sent his tired disciples ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. You may remember this story. During a storm that night, Jesus came to the men in the wee hours of the night, walking on water. That's Matthew chapter 14, 25 through 33. During this fourth hour of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. How is this human being, how is this man walking on his creation? Controlling nature. They said it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. See, Peter has seen Jesus' ability to heal people. But he questioned his ability to control creation right now. He's saying, wait a minute, if this is you, can I do what you're doing? If this is you, would you give me power over creation for this moment? Tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus replied, come, he said. Then Peter got down on the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, began to sink, and cried out. Many of us have no problem coming to Jesus, but we all have a problem keeping our eyes fixed on him. Because what happens is you hear the waves, you hear the trees, you hear the drama, you're, you're, you, you find yourself now not focusing on the creator but focusing on your situation and the sounds that, that surround you and the environment that you've been put in. It's no different with Peter here. He says, if it's you, I want to be able to walk on water and come to you. Jesus says, come. He looks at him, starts walking on water, and then hears the the water. He hears the environment and then takes his eyes off of Jesus. When you take your eyes off the creator, you will succumb to your own circumstances and the storm you're in. He told him, take courage. It is I. Come out here. Walked on the water, came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Ooh. And the creator of all creation said, no problem, I'll focus on you. You called out to me, I'll save you. It's no different in our lives. You cry out to the creator, he'll move this world around for you. That's, right. That's his desire. That's why he created all these things. Mm. And he said, but Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, man, you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You see the point of having power over all creation? It forces you to worship the Creator. And he did that with Peter. Despite the ability for Peter to walk on water or even the courage to get out of the boat, they never forgot the days when Jesus showed them their power over creation, his power over creation. It shocked them, even when the, when the soldiers arrested Jesus and tortured him and crucified him. And he went through execution. Certainly every single one of them, just like we do, sometimes struggle with faith. Why is this happening? Why is this? Just fix your eyes on the creator. Right. Fix your eyes on the archetype of creation and know that if he created all this to remind you of who he is, then he'll take care of your needs if you call out. Hmm. Yeah, right. oh, <clears throat> Eventually the, uh, the disciples understood him and the power that he had over all things. The greatest joy in having faith in the archetype of creation is just as Peter recognized the moment he called out his name, he was saved. Point number four you will find rest in the archetype of creation. When nature, when the storms, when the hurricane and the tornado in your lives are raging, you can find rest in the creator because he can calm those. Whatever causes you stress, all of creation points to Jesus. Remember, give it all to him. Whatever causes you difficulty, all of creation points to Jesus. Give it to him. Revelation. Not only the word revelation, but the scripture. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. I can change your situation. I can make it new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Even this world... Sometimes they give God glory and Jesus for being the archetype of creation. You see a horrific event, a, a nature, catas- or a catastrophic nature event. What do they call it? An act of God. Yeah, yeah. They know. That's right. They know. Shoo. How much more should we know? When he heals us at the altar. When he restores our marriage. When he forgives you of your sins. When he puts your ear back to your head. It's an act of God. All of it is. And if he was in the beginning with God and was God and the word was him, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. What a great relief to realize that it's not up to us to keep the world spinning. PV described my week. I couldn't make it anywhere on time. Can you imagine me trying to keep the world on its axis, keep the sun the exact distance away? It's not up to us. Or to even keep our life moving in the right direction. If we fix our eyes on the archetype of creation, he is powerful enough to not only create life, he's not only powerful enough to hold it together, he's not only power, power enough, powerful enough to fix it for you, but he does it all for his glory. Because listen, when you allow and you give God the glory for changing your life, other people see witness to that Amen. and truth be told sometimes they think man I can't believe that they, they went through this that they got through it the glory is not for us the glory is for him in all things but he gives us rest in that it makes sense to trust him it makes sense to trust Jesus to run not all, all things in our life But just as he's done the world, and just as he's done the solar system, even before your life. So don't worry about that exam. Don't worry about how you're going to get through this week financially. Don't worry about, is my marriage going to be restored? If you fix your eyes on the creator of all things, he has the power to do it. The archetype of creation... I'm going to land this plane in a minute. I've got two, two more things I want to share. But that was you could find rest in the archetype of creation. You can find rest in Jesus if you give them all. Hebrews 4, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of us, that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Don't fall short of that promise. For if we have all had the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now you have believed. Enter that rest. All of your life and everything that you can ever imagine and all the, the, the requests that you have for Jesus, the archetype of creation, it has to come with faith. It just has to. It just has to. You don't have to understand when it's going to come, how it's going to come. You think my recovery, I, I realized it was going to take me five years to be able to walk again. No, I didn't. I wasn't worried about that after the third year, Lord. Thank you very much. (laughs) But it takes time. I'm no different. It takes time. Somebody say amen. You may have to stay in your situation, and God will allow it so your faith can be strengthened and raised. So then all glory goes to him. Thank you, Liz. Amen. Amen. Man. And what a verse for the disciples in the boat. Right. right? Don't worry about your situation, your surroundings, what you hear, what you see. Just fix your eyes on me and be faithful. Works without faith is dead, the Bible tells us. Hebrews six nineteen. I have a, a shirt about this. And this gives me a little bit different meaning when you consider the disciples in the boat. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You see, the disciples were caught in a storm. They wanted an anchor that would hold them firm and secure. They wanted safety in a precarious situation. They wanted to feel rock-solid ground underneath their feet. They wanted to stop the winds, stop the waves, and the furious battle that surrounded them. And you know what? All they wanted was just to go to bed. They just wanted to go to sleep. Sometimes we're so selfish, like, hey, Lord, can you stop this? I just want to rest. And he was okay with it. I'll walk on water to you. Oh, you want to come out to me? Come on out, Peter. But bring your faith with you because you won't walk much on water without your faith. That's right. Hmm. And Jesus, they found it all. The storm was still, the boat was calm, and they really, really understood the archetype of creation controlled all of creation. So I ask you this. Is Jesus the creator of all things? Isn't there none above him? If Jesus still controls all creation, isn't there none greater than him? And if Jesus offers rest for all those who have enough faith to trust him, wouldn't it be wise for us to take that? I think it's time for us, going into a new year, to act like new believers, and to grow up, and don't worry about your feet getting wet when you're walking on water, just keep your eyes focused on him. Set a goal, pray into it, ask God, is this what you would have for me? Am I in your will? Am I walking with you? I can't trust, Lord, that you've, you've redeemed my marriage, but not trust that you would take care of my job situation. I can't trust that you've given me forgiveness of sin, even though the, the Pharisees couldn't believe what he was saying. Sometimes they, they marveled more at his power over creation than his power over mankind. But little did they realize it's all one. All of it is his. We need to confess him this year. We need to trust him this year. And we need to stay fixed upon him. Peter had enough wisdom and courage to get out of the boat. But he didn't have enough faith to keep himself from sinking. We're already distracted in this life. This life has many distractions. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, deception will reign. We'll be so distracted. Some of us are spiritually strong enough where the devil says, eh, I don't need to make this guy worry about this. I'm just going to distract him. Man, I'm going to turn up the music. I'm going to turn up the heat at work. I'm going to make it a little more challenging at home for him. And all of a sudden we get distracted and we, we, we take our focus off, off of Christ because of distractions. But think back when you first came to this altar. Think back when you were baptized. Those pictures showed the spirit of God falling on those people, falling on his child, <laughs> falling on those kids. That's where you have to come back to. So what if your feet are getting wet? You're walking on water. <laughs> come on now. So what if life is hard? Your attorney has been declared already. Man, come on. I'm going to close with this. An atheist was walking through the woods. Yes, an atheist was walking through the woods admiring all the accidents that evolution had created. What majestic trees, what powerful rivers, what beautiful animals. The sound of the river, he said to himself. Amazing. As he's walking, he hears rustling in the bush behind him. Turning, he looks and he sees a seven foot grizzly bear starting to charge him. He began to run as fast as he could up the path. He looked over his shoulder and saw the grizzly was closing. Some, somehow he even ran faster, so scared that he began to tear. He looked again and the bear was even closer. His heart was pounding. He couldn't breathe. He tried to run faster. He tripped and fell to the ground. He rolled over to pick up himself, but the bear was right over him, reaching for him with his left paw. Standing over this atheist. And at that instant, the atheist cried, oh my God. (laughs) At that moment, the atheist cried out, oh my God. Time stopped. The river stopped rushing. The wind stopped blowing. His senses and fear all dissipated. And a light shone down on him and it covered the silhouette of the grizzly bear. And the voice said, you deny my existence for all these years? You teach others that I don't exist? And even credit creation to a cosmic accident? The voice said, do you expect me to help you out of this situation? The voice said, am I to count you as a believer now? The atheist, staring into the light, looking for the silhouette in the bear, said, I would feel like a hypocrite to become a Christian after all these years. But perhaps you can make this bear a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I would feel like a hypocrite to become a Christian after all these years, but perhaps you can make this bear a Christian. The voice said, very well. And instantly the light began to dissipate, the sound of the river began to flow, the wind he began to hear again, and the silhouette of the bear with his paw raised began to show... Then the bear dropped his right paw, put his hands together, bowed his head, and said, Lord, thank you for the food I'm about to eat. (laughs) So so listen, some of you live a life like that, where in tragedy, you seek God, but in good times, you want to think it's all you. God's going to show his power over creation, as you can see in the story, regardless. Whether you are obedient or faithful. Right, right. Mm, mm, mm. Some of you say, Lord, help me out of this situation. And he says, I need you to give up your addiction. Put me first. Some of you say, Lord, I need, I need help with my marriage. And God says, Okay. I need you to work as you're working unto me. Stop being lazy. Give her more than she deserves and more than she asks for. Some of us ask God, help me in finances. Strengthen me. And God says, I would love to, but I can't count you faithful with more if you're not faithful with little. You cannot have the power and the glory of God. (sighs) I guess what I'm trying to say is you can't ask for the power and glory of God for others around you if you've never asked it for yourself. Would you stand with me? The archetype of creation had the key role in all of creation. In fact, all of creation points to Jesus himself. Jesus' life had proof over all of creation. And the archetype of creation will give you rest if you fix your eyes on him. I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know what hinders your faith or your walk right now, but maybe you find yourself with a bear standing over you. Maybe you find yourself in a seemingly horrific situation. It could be physically, it could be spiritually, it could be financially, it could be emotionally. It's part of life, it's this fallen world. We have made it imperfect. Not him. Whatever you, wherever you find yourself, I want you just to remember one thing. It's okay if your feet get wet when you're walking on water. It's okay to get splashed. You know, some of us will go down the log ride at Disneyland and we get all mad that we got wet at the bottom. I'm just mad that I'm alive. (laughs) Forget being wet. That's how we need to look at things. And when we look to see Jesus, Jesus will will allow certain things in your life to happen. And yes, you'll get wet. And yes, you may cry. And yes, things may seem destructive. But hold the course. Fix your eyes on him. And the same one that has the power over all creation has the power over your situation. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to ask if any of you do not, the, do not know the power of this creator I refer to as Jesus. If you do not know the power of Jesus that he has over your life and the sin that's in your life, because none of us are perfect. We've all fallen short, but the Bible tells us to seek him first and all things will be added. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? If you want to know the power of this creator as I do, as some of us do, I'd love to pray for you. Amen. 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 Maybe all of you at some point in time have walked on water because you have felt the power and the glory of God on you. But you couldn't sustain because you were getting wet and you took your eyes off of the Creator. These altars are open. For you to come back and fix your eyes on him. The altars are open. For you to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Would you be the anchor for my soul? Would you be the anchor for my boat? Would you walk to me on water? Remind me of your power and your glory? Would you invite me out of the boat to be closer to you? And Lord, would you strengthen my faith so even if I hear the winds and the waves and my feet get wet, I know I'm still walking on water with you. You can ask these things. The Bible tells us we have not because we ask not. Dear Creator, God of all things, of both heaven and earth, Lord. I know, Father God, that you are capable to hold the stars in perfect place, to hold the entire solar system in place, Lord. I have seen you work in my life and in my marriage and in my children's life and in the lives of people in this church that blow me away more than your creation does. I have seen the power that is within you Lord, would you remind us of these things? Would you remind us of that day that we gave our lives to you and, the, and the, the freedom that we felt, the rest that we felt? You have stood before creation, and you've counted me worthy. You've given all of this for us to enjoy, but to put you first. Would you help us, Father, do that in all of our lives? Financially, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Let us live for you in all that we do to not hold back anything. It's all yours. It was all created through you and by you and for you so that we may testify of your glory and power. Lord, would you welcome the Spirit over the altar right now? If you haven't spoken to somebody's heart, would you do so right now, Lord? Would you remind them that that still, small voice speaking to them is the same one that holds the heavens and the stars in place? I was nowhere my rescue From the grave I've been raised When I needed a Savior to save me. Jesus, you made a way I was blind but these eyes have been open. Now I walk in the light Every step on this road I will follow Jesus, you made